Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us here at Fireside, live on Fireside on video, uh, second time doing video. And I want to thank Louisa for being so patient as we're getting everything worked out here. And she is my guest today. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, and thank you so much, Faye, for inviting me. I'm super excited to, to be here and uh, talk about a little bit of my experience as a, as a runner. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. And yes, I, you know what? I was trying to think how long I've known you for. It's definitely over 10 years, I would say. You know what? You're right. Um, maybe about that, that time, because I remember when I began going to the runner circle, it was somewhere in 2012. And uh, funny that you mentioned I was going through some pictures and I saw a lot of your pictures as to when you and I used to see each other at the runner circle and also doing some races. So it's been about that time. Yes. Now, um, a runner circle is a local running store over here in uh, Los Angeles, California, right next to Hollywood in a city called Los Feliz. And uh, they're very cool because they've been doing it for about 15 years and they've been helping the running community kind of mm -hmm. meet each other, network for many years, sponsoring races. And, and that's how I got to meet Louisa. And uh, after that, I, I seen her at so many different races I've done. And, uh, then along the way, you know, you get to know people better and, and I got to know your journey and I was uh, definitely feeling that it was inspirational to a lot of people and, and it definitely uh, needs to be told. So I invited you on. Thank you uh, for coming on here and, and sharing your story. I, I always like to start from the beginning. So I, I know you were born in El Salvador and uh, uh, you were always into sports. I saw basketball. Did, did you get to play basketball over there? That is true, yeah. Actually, when I was uh, back home, being a little girl, I always uh, tried to get involved in some kind of sports, either ping pong or softball. Basketball was the sport number one that I chose um, because my brothers used to play basketball. So that was the only way that I had the opportunity to play with my brothers. So I used to play basketball for many years. That was the the sport that I really, really enjoyed back then when I was a little girl. And then as I was reading your bio, I know you said that uh, when you did start get running and we'll get into that more, but you said a lot of people made fun of you because especially in El Salvador, that's not something acceptable. So was basketball acceptable as well? Or was that also basketball, No, basketball was acceptable. It was just running. Um, I'm talking about back in 1978 when I began running. So running was something that was not even considered to be a sport in El Salvador. And for us women, when I was a little girl by then, I was a teenager, um, it was a joke, you know. So I used to be teased all the time, not only by, by people that didn't know me, but even people that I knew, you know. So it was, it was, um, it was pretty sad to, to think that something so beautiful I wasn't really taken seriously, especially when you're trying to, to do something healthy when you're a teenager and trying to build the, the self-esteem um, and hearing all the negative comments. You know, it wasn't really that beautiful. It wasn't a, a very good experience. Well, I love how it, that didn't stop you and deter you from doing it because, uh, you know, thank you for sharing some of the pictures. And I, if anybody wants to take a look at them, you can see them on the athletic definition uh, IG, which I'll be putting up soon. And there's pictures of you running races over there. Uh, and so I love how you just kept running. And 
was your family supportive you, and your brothers? You know, it's very funny. As I mentioned in my bio, um, I began running because my older brother has passed away. So alone, my uncle died. So my older brother was very close to my second brother. And my aunt and the three of us decided to start running as a way of grieving. So funny is that my older brother that was very close to the one that passed away, discontinued running because he was a basketball, basketball player. And my aunt and I continued running through the years. And uh, we began running by the uh, month of November in 1978, because that was during my school vacation over there. Uh, we continued running in the mornings, and then we continued running during lunchtime, which you can imagine how crazy it was, because it was not only lunchtime, but it was super hot, you know, being in El Salvador in a very humid uh, kind of weather, and having just like an hour and a half to to go home and eat, but we decided to go running and then go home and eat something quick and then go back to school. Um, the only ones that continued running was my aunt and myself, but I never had the support of um, the rest of my family to come to see me to races. Uh, I grew up with my grandmother. Uh, my mom and my dad were right here in the United States, but um, I didn't have the support of my friends either. I don't remember having too many friends coming to see me at the races. Um, once again, you know, running wasn't really um, popular by then. So we were just about maybe three girls at the beginning of the running career. And I don't know if you can see, but back there I have some of my big numbers. Uh, and I have some of the certificates that I have over there for my races, for doing my races. And it was only like three girls at the very beginning. So the three of us used to uh, support each other. Eventually, that turned, we continued running and more people joined us. And, um, and then before I came to the U.S. at the end of 83, we were about 10 women running. So that wasn't too bad, you know. That's how it starts, a, a little movement. And, you know, the more people I talk to, especially that work out a lot or, or got into fitness, seems that I've talked to quite a few people that use uh, working out, running, uh, any sort of just uh, physical activity is an outlet for grieving. And, uh, you know, I know it's been many years, but I'm, I'm sorry about your brother. And um, how long did you find that it took you to kind of, you know, kind of get over that or where the grief kind of turned into more like, I enjoy this and I, I don't, I'm not doing it anymore to grief. I'm doing it because I enjoy it. Well, very interesting that you mentioned that, um, or you asking me that question, because right after my brother died, we, back home in El Salvador, we began the Civil War. So by then it wasn't, Franny wasn't more uh, for grieving my brother, but it was more to, to have some kind of dignity in life, because living um, in such a small, tiny country, and having the Civil War and being a teenager wasn't really that easy. So I continued running just for the purpose that I began to like running. Um, it was a way of expressing myself. Uh, it was a way of finding more self-esteem. It was a way of uh, uh, to overcome the fears of living on a civil, in a country where the Civil War was happening. 
So um, I want to say that um, one thing led to another. So continuous running just became part of my life. You know, I, in terms of the grieving, I think um, after so many years, you know, you just go along with life and, and you just um, you just keep the memories alive and, and you, you're just beginning to understand that uh, passing away is a way of living. You know, we're all going to go there somewhere. So um, I'm still thinking about my brother. Well, every day I think about him about him and I when I go running I always think about my brother too and how that how that was the reason I began running you know uh yeah when I read that I I can definitely relate uh you know I've never had a brother but I've had many uh people pass in my life and uh I think I'm gonna do a whole show about that because uh Mm -hmm. you know Sometimes as you're getting ready for a competition, a race, uh, death happens, you know. Uh, yes. A lot. And then, you know, it kind of really puts everything in perspective. And, and so that's definitely a good show I want to do in the future. Um, and so I want to fast forward a little bit here. Um, you got to United States. Now, uh, mm-hmm. was it to follow the American dream? Was it because your parents wanted to bring you over here or... It was a combination of different reasons. First of all, my mother was here since I ever remember. She left El Salvador since I was five. So I never had the opportunity to live with my mother and my father. They got a divorce when I was 10. Um, But I always wanted to come to the United States because, I mean, who doesn't want to be here, right? So... um, but by the time I graduated from high school over there, that's when the the Civil War was really, really happening. And it was, number one, very dangerous to live there. Number two, I didn't see a future over there um, because I'm very open-minded. You know, I'm always trying to do the opposite of what people do sometimes. And over there was kind of, um, I didn't see too many outlets for me to grow. Uh, as a woman, as a, as a person. And I wanted to uh, to see something new, you know. And uh, once again, you know, coming to United States is a dream for many of us. So for me, it was a combination of uh, different reasons and uh, mostly to be with my mother and to be a family and, and learn the language. By the way, if you happen to, to hear an accent, it's because, you know, this is my second language. So it was a combination of things, but I'm very, very happy to be here. And, you know, how was it like living in a country in a civil war? You know, that's only something I've read about. But, like going out to a store, was was it dangerous on a daily? Like, uh, Let's put it this way. COVID-19 has been a test for a lot of us, right? Because we had to put the mask on, we had to be protected. So... Living in during the Civil War is something like that. You always, I remember going out to the stores, hoping and praying that nothing was going to happen to me because sometimes I used to hear stories of people, you know, just going to the store to pick up some kind of groceries and uh, there was a bomb. There was some dynamite uh, at a place where people were shopping. So, you know, so you never knew uh, what could happen once you were be out of the house um, or inside the house too. I mean, for many years, 
for the last few years I live in El Salvador, um, I used to have my mattress on the floor because they were bombing and then there were shootings in the middle of the night. So it wasn't really that pretty, uh, but you learn how to cope with that, you know, so you continue your life. And I went to a Catholic school, so I used to pray all the time and praying was my savior, you know, and, and another thing that is funny, when I, when I think about how I never stopped running, even during the Civil War, and how crazy it was sometimes, you know, running on the training on the highways and knowing that there were some parts of a, a body that was mutilated, you know, just left on the streets. Uh, you kind of start getting immune to that. So it was, it was um, a way of living uh, in a reality, but it was also something that you just don't want to live anymore, you know. So it was, it was tough. It was tough. Food was very rationalized. Uh, we had to stand in line to, to buy the basics sometimes, like rice, beans, and sugar, and oil. Um, so you can imagine how nutrition was so poor, um, you know, when, when you're training for a race, when you're running and, and the food is so limited. So that's why people used to make fun of me because I used to be super skinny, like really, really skinny. I was 5'7", and I think I was like 95 pounds. So my shorts were very loose. So people used to make fun of me, tell me, oh, look at her shorts. They're almost falling down because, you know, she's so skinny. We don't know what she's doing running. And, you know, so it was, it was critical. But um, at the same time, I think uh, those are the things in life that make you stronger, you know? No, I definitely agree. And for anyone's interested or, or just join us, thank you for joining us. I went ahead and put a, the Instagram of Athletic Definition up. And you could see some pictures of uh, Luisa running uh, back in El Salvador and uh, some of the old school pictures she's talking about <laughs> as well. And... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I can't even imagine just running on a road and seeing mutilated, just like mutilated, I can't even pronounce it right now. Mutilated bodies. <laughs> yeah. Going for a run. Um, when I go for a run now, um, you know, it just like, I don't think people realize how blessed they are where they live. Like I can go a couple blocks up and I'm in million dollar neighborhoods and then I'll go a couple blocks down and I'm running with like prostitutes that are like half naked, drug dealers, uh, homeless people, yeah. like on my daily run. And, and it's really such a night and day comparison that every day I think like how blessed I am because a lot of it, you know, you, here at least you have the opportunity to decide what you want to do. Like what type of lifestyle do you want to live? Do you want to be? And, and I'm not saying every homeless on there is there by choice, but like, you know, here you, there's help. That's so true. Yeah, right here we have so many opportunities. Um, you know, uh, growing up over there during, during the beginning of the running uh, years of my life, uh, I remember I used, to, um, I used to use the same pair of running shoes. They were my basketball shoes. They were my PE shoes. They were my everything shoes because everything is so limited. Well, it was limited back, back then, you know. And... Uh, and then once I came here, you know, you start, you have so many choices, you know, so many blessings, like you were just saying, you know. 
And Louisa, uh, you know, on your bio, you're 56 years old, young, and you've been running for 43 years through yes. Civil War, uh, through momhood, through everything. And what else do you do besides running? Because I, you know, I follow you and I see you doing the weights. What else? What other type of workouts besides running do you like to do? Uh, when I first came here to the U.S., uh, my mother got me a registration for a for a for a gym. You know, I never gone to a gym before because we didn't have any back home. So I began doing weight training uh, and I loved it because I could see the definition of my muscles. So ever since then, I've been doing weight training. Um, of course, you know, now with the same uh, same kind of waves that I used to do when I was in my 20s, because, you know, I'm 56 now. So I need to modify my workouts. Um, but uh, in between that, I, I learned how to box. Uh, and I really enjoyed that because uh, it was a way of, uh, you know, uh, doing something else for a woman. Uh, I was in my 40s when I began boxing. So I really enjoyed that. I've been doing kickboxing. Um, you know, anything that comes out, I try like the step aerobics, which I still do. You know, I'm still doing the steps because I don't have um, a way of going on the bleachers sometimes. So then I had to use my stepper over here. Um, uh, recently, I signed up myself to learn how to swim because I never learned how to swim. So I'm going on my fourth week of um, swimming lessons. And I'm hoping that, and I know for sure that I'm going to nail the swimming part. So I do a little bit of everything. Um, during the pandemic, I became a little bit uh, creative because, you know, the trails were closed and that's where I usually do my training. Uh, the gyms were closed. So I converted half of my gym into a little gym. I'm sorry, half of my garage into a little gym. So I have like a little weight station. I have a treadmill. I have a bench. I have um, dumbbells and... Um, and the whole point for me to work out is to enjoy what I do. Running usually, you know, is the number one uh, winning kind of sports that I enjoy. But if I don't have that opportunity to go, I create anything, like from doing my steps right here, or I do my, my lately what I've been doing, my merengue cardio, which I just turn on some kind of merengue music and then I just go crazy in my garage. So I'm always trying to do something fun, you know. But totally running is, is the number one thing, you know. So um, running and weight training, I will say, are the, the two that I, that I enjoy doing the most. Um, and I think... One compensates the other. Weight training is what compensates my 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 training for my for my races. As you know, uh, when we do a fifty k on trails, you need to have like a strong strong hips, strong everything, strong core. And weight training is the one that really um, gives me the strength to continue with my running. Yes, I I think uh, that a lot of runners neglect strength and conditioning, and that's something they definitely mm -hmm. need to add. Especially as you get into your older years, um, you just can't rely on one thing. And, you know, especially for the listener listening in and thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, you're a mom and you have two uh, two wonderful boys um, that I've got to run with. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. And I know they're a huge part of your life. And 
uh, I definitely want to bring you back for for uh, what is it? I don't know if it's a whole week to give it or the month. Uh, autism is it a whole month to give? It? Oh, we have uh, during the month of April we have Autism Awareness Month. Uh, during the month of July we have Fragile X Syndrome Awareness Month, and that's the condition that my boy have uh, Fragile X Syndrome, which links to the autism um, spectrum. Oh, so we just missed it in July then. Yeah, we just missed it. <laughs> but for me, every day is an awareness day, you know, because uh, this is my, my, my life. This is my work, you know. So for me, every day is an awareness day. And, and there's a lot of people that have no idea what that is. What does that mean? If you could, you know, give a little insight. to Sure, very brief. Um, fragile X syndrome is a condition that links to the X chromosome. And there is some kind of protein that didn't make it to the X chromosome. And that's why, you know, there is a mutation in the X chromosome. Sometimes there is just one tiny little part missing. And just to give a better idea, because I think a lot of people are more familiar with autism, it's very similar to autism. You know, my, well, you met my kids, you know, they're wonderful kids, but you need to get to know them to see exactly who, how they are, because... Uh, there is uh, a lot of symptoms, you know, like uh, speech delay, uh, cognitive uh, delays. Uh, there is a lot of, um, especially for my little one, he he has a lot of anxiety attacks, panic attacks, and all that is due to the environment. So there is a lot of different kinds of symptoms in that condition. Um, my two boys, you know, they carry they 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 carry that gene. I mean, that condition. But they're totally different, you know. Maxwell, he, my older boy, he's loud. He loves noises. He loves to party, you know. He loves to be with people. But Marky, my younger one, is the opposite. You know, he's very quiet. He likes very mellow places and not too much noise, you know. So the condition is is very um, different. It really affects people in different ways. I myself carry the gene, so. Um, um, so far, I haven't seen anything that that is hitting me um, due to that to to be the fact that I'm the carrier, you know. So, but in the future, if I don't really take care of myself, uh, I can have so many different things going on in my life. Anxiety is number one. Uh, I can have lupus. I can have uh, heavy arthritis, um, and I think. The reason why, you know, I haven't been affected to any of those symptoms is because the exercise, you know, and, and the diet. Because, you know, when when you're getting ready for, for, a, for a race or when you're doing some kind of um, um, kind of sports or you just like to work out, uh, nutrition, you know, takes a big part of it. And I'm not going to say I'm a, I'm a perfect 100% healthy person, but I try to eat as healthy as possible, you know. Uh, so once again, you know, I think, um, you know, running has been such a great outlet, not only for myself, but also for the kids to be on the healthy side, you know? Yes. That's one thing I want mm -hmm. to mention. They, I've gone running with them. And, mm -hmm. uh, also I, I read that you kind of become their coach and I always see you <laughs> them. And, and I think that's very cool. Um, yeah. how do you know, like when they're just kind of being lazy or when you kind of have to push them a little bit? 
Oh, well, uh, I think it's a, a everyday kind of situation, you know, especially uh, with uh, with so much going on these days. You know, a lot of kids they just want to watch TV or being on their phones. So I made sure that at least once a day, six days a week, you know, they do something, um, some kind of workout. So that's again, that's why I created this little uh, gym in the garage, so they can do some kind of workouts. Um, I know for Marky, my younger one, it can be different because, you know, he has sensory integration issues. So sometimes the environment environment can be too overwhelming. And that's when I need to to really think, you know, okay, what can I do to motivate Marky or what can I do to to push Marky a little bit more because I don't want him to be in the comfort zone, you know. Um, you know, uh, when I began taking Max, Marky, my younger one, to the to the runner circle where I met you. Uh, it took me a while. First, you know, I talk about it with Marky. Then we drove by the store. The, another time we went to eat across the street. Another time we crossed the street to walk by. And then another time I went when there were, there were runners, you know, and that's how we, you know, that's, that's how you do it, you know, and I know there are times, times that sometimes it is way too much, so I don't push it that much, but I always push a little bit. Oh, that's interesting. So little by little, you took them to the store, kind of let them feel comfortable with the area. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and and then um, how many how many marathons have you done total? Oh, ah, uh, boy, I, I just don't know. You know, I I don't know. Maybe like forty. 40, maybe a little bit more than that. I, I you know, I kind of lost count because um, I think at the beginning when you start running, when you begin, you know, be, begin running, you start counting every single thing you do. Uh, so now I just do it, you know. So I, maybe about 40. And know. what about, uh, okay, so a marathon is 26.2 miles if mm-hmm. anyone doesn't know. Um, I think the, the casual runner or just the average person will always come up to you and be, hey, can I run that marathon 5K with you? But a 5, <laughs> 3.1 yeah. miles, it's kind of a short from the, you're missing like 23 point something miles. And uh, so you've done a an ultra. Have you done a few ultras, which is more than 26.2 miles? Mm-hmm. Have you done yes. a couple of those as well? If I done, I'm sorry, what? You've done more than one or just one? Uh, actually, I've done about, I want to say, 14, 50Ks. Um, and for me, that has been the best experiences in running. You know, uh, uh, and I might go a little bit forward on this conversation, but about three years ago, um, I set up this goal to do four 50Ks in four consecutive months, you know. And in between, I have some marathons, for example, the LA Marathon, and I had a few half marathons. And I was very happy and very proud of myself to accomplish those uh, 50Ks, four 50Ks in four consecutive months. So um, it was a big accomplishment for me to do that, you know, and and also it was a very um, a good way to to learn how to do back-to-back races you know, because a lot of people, 
are under the impression that when you do, and, and I've read this many places, that when you do a marathon, it takes a whole year for the body to recover and to be back to normal, you know. So when non-runners, you know, happen to know that I have done a 50K on a Saturday and a half marathon on Sunday, they're like, what? Uh, don't, aren't you aren't you destroying your body? You know, because that's the first thing that comes into people's head. You know, aren't you destroying your body? No, you're not, because at least I don't feel that way. Because uh, there are so many things that you do to replenish the muscle tissue, uh, to strengthen the body, your muscles and your ligaments. And um, I can't wait to do that again if, I, <laughs> if we go back to normal with this uh, pandemic. Yes, well, as of now, the Los Angeles Marathon is still scheduled for mm-hmm. November 7th. Are, are you training for that? Are you? I am training. I am training for the LA Marathon because that's one race I don't like to miss. Yes, no. that is a, my first marathon. It's the one that started it all for me. And I only wanted to do one. So the fact that this will be my 15th consecutive year doing it to me is like amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't do it for anybody but me. So for me, it's a big accomplishment. And some people may not think of it. And that doesn't bother me at all. It, <laughs> it's basically what motivates you to keep going. And I, I definitely seen your, your boys running with us uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. Have they done a marathon? Uh, no, not really. Um, my Max, my older boy, has done um, right. half marathons. You I know, think uh, I've been a race where I've seen them at a, do a half marathon. Yeah, uh, he have done um, the San Francisco half marathons a couple of times, twice actually, and uh, the biggest one, and it was it's funny because it was, it was a half marathon too, but um, last year he did the LA marathon half marathon, you know, because we were doing it. Um, you know, I always, every time I do the LA marathon or any other kind of race that I can give back to the community. Um, I like to get into charities. So um, for the last, I want to say, 10 years, I've been doing the LA Marathon uh, for the Train for Autism. So I do fundraising events for that. And because of that, Max was able to do half of the marathon. So that was one of the biggest accomplishments and dreams that I had, you know, to have Max running with me at the, uh, the end of my 13 miles. Well, talk a little bit more uh, about, is it just one charity you work with or I've heard of the, the running one and I'm familiar with them. Is it just them you work with or, or more than one? Well, uh, I actually, um, I have run for different uh, charities. Um, I used to run for the uh, charities that we used to do fundraising for foster kids, uh, for uh, programs for people with special needs. Uh, Train for Autism has been that the last one that I've been running for. But every time I do a race, you know, I try to make sure that, and I do my little investigation before I, I sign up for a race. Uh, I enjoy it more when I know that part of my, my registration fee will be towards going to a charity, you know. So, uh, but officially I, I run for the Train for Autism. And tell us more about that charity for the, those listening in that never heard of it. I'm sorry, what, what, uh, 
for the people that have never heard of that charity, what do they do exactly? Oh, Train for Autism. Uh, that's actually an organization. It's a nonprofit organization. Uh, and all the funding that they get from the LA Marathon, or I think they also participate at the, uh, for the Long Beach Marathon, all the donations go towards families that have been affected by a member uh, with autism. I know uh, the last time they, with the money they uh, they got, uh, col- they collected from the LA Marathon, they bought this minivan and donated to this um, program for people with autism because they didn't have a way of transporting their consumers from places to, from one place to another. So um, they also have a gym in Carson. Um, it's a CrossFit gym and they have um, free registration for any family uh, any 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 family that has relatives with uh, with autism, so they empower the community, the autism community, by exercising. And that's a uh, Carson, California. That is in Carson, California. Yes. Oh, that's great. So, if I understand, that gym lets people with autism train there for free. Yes. Yes. Totally. Totally. Yes. And do they have like special programs for for? people with autism or it's just go in and work out yourself no everything is designed for people with autism for children from children to teenagers to adults and they they also have competitions uh crossfit competitions for uh you know for people with the autism community Oh, that's great to hear. I had no idea it was so local i'm gonna have to reach (laughs) out to someone at that gym and, and and talk to them so they could uh, give us more information about their gym. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking. That's very kind of you. And is there any other organization that, you know, that you work with? Mm, uh, right now, I think that's the only one that, I, that I'm that i more familiar with uh, because um, I really focus on that one. Uh, I know within the Fragile X Syndrome organization that, that I belong to, we have a 5K every year, you know, to promote more awareness and also to give an opportunity for our community uh, affected by the fragile X syndrome to participate in their 5Ks. Um, sadly, this year we couldn't have it because of the pandemic, but um, that's another organization that I, you know, that I participate. Well, most races at a... Uh you know, got canceled due to COVID, went virtual. You, you guys didn't consider doing the virtual? Uh, not this year. Uh, no, they we, we didn't do it. Uh, it, it. I just don't know why, but, um, you know, I wish they would have done it because uh, it would have been a great way to continue with the awareness on fragile X syndrome. Yes, because uh, next year when they do have it, I you know, I'd love to show my support and oh, thank you. promote it and let me know. And uh, I'm more than happy to to share that information or, or have you back on as my guest. Thank you, Ray. I'll, I'll be very happy. And so you've done uh, over 40 marathons, run ultras. You're a super mom. <laughs> Came over here. And, uh, you know, what else do you have planned besides marathons? What I have planned uh, just to continue running, you know, not that I'm learning how to swim, um, I hope I can I can I can do something else, maybe a triathlon or something. You know, uh, of course I had to go back to my cycling because that's another thing. I didn't know how to ride a bicycle. 
uh, when I was a little girl and people were like, what? You don't know how to ride the bicycle? I'm like, no, because first of all, we only have one for four of us. So my brothers used to take over the bicycle and whenever I wanted to learn, they would push me so I would fall and there it was. I never learned how to ride a bicycle until I was 32. So, uh, so now that I'm learning how to swim, I'm thinking, well, maybe I can do a triathlon, you know? You never know, right? I can't. Well, I can swim. I just can't float because as soon as I get tired, I, I go under. <laughs> if I could learn how to swim better, I have an Ironman. Uh, you know, I'm, that's the only reason why I want to do it. I, I want to do an Ironman. I want to. There you go. There you go. Then the other thing is I don't know if I could sit down on a bicycle for over 100 miles. That, that That's a long time for my butt. I'm sorry. I don't know if I could. I'll have to put like a pillow back there. <laughs> well, you never know. You know, it was funny. Because when I turned 48, I was um, exactly on my birthday. I was going to the Hollywood sign. You know, I was running um, and coming back from over there. Somebody asked me, hey, Luisa, so when are you going to do a 50K? And I said, well, maybe I'll do it for my 50th birthday, right? So that got into my head. And uh, I actually did my first 50K when I turned 49 and a half. And then, because I wanted to do a 50K somewhere close on my birthday in July. So I actually ended up doing that 50K in December. And then I did another 50K uh, I think it was, let's see, I, Leona Divide, I think it's in April, right? So I did another 50K before I turned 50. And then I attempted to do another 50K somewhere in August. Bulldog, I don't know if you know about the race. Um, yes. And w when you say attempted, did you not make it? I didn't make the second cutoff. And for everyone listening in, um, Bulldog, what the longest one's 31.1 miles, I think. Well, the 50K is uh, 31.2, 32. Yeah, you know. and, and that one is one of the tougher ultras for that length. Mm -hmm. And and it's basically a loop, right? Yes, it's two loops, two loops, and it's super hot. The elevation, I think, uh, the gain elevation is about 10,000 feet. But the reason I didn't make the second cutoff is because I didn't know there was going to be another cutoff, you know. So there I was taking my sweetest time, you know, pre-pumping my fuel to continue going. And I didn't make it for 11 seconds, you know. So oh, it was wow. It was really because um, I really wanted to continue going, but I was not allowed to. So, but even though after that, you know, I continued going for more and for more and for more. So, um you know, now that I'm a little older, um, or 56, and I've been running for 43 years, I've been having some kind of um, a condition on my knees. You know, I have osteoarthritis, and my running performance won't be, uh, you know, that great. But I won't give up, you know, continue going until until my body says no. So hopefully, you know, I can do... I don't think I can do 100 miles, but um, you never know. You never know that, you know, there is a race where you can do 100 miles in two days. So maybe. You know, my uh, my first Los Angeles marathon was in 2007. And that year I ran it. They had the last mile dedicated to a doctor who passed away. 
and I think he passed away like at 90 something. But he he ran that LA Marathon for like five years, and I think he started in his 90s. And his whole thing was like, it's never too late to get in good shape. And that always kind of stayed in the back of my head. I thought that was cool, and I thought it was very nice that they paid like honor to him in the last mile. And you know, I will. I I hope that uh, I'm still able to the last day, just kind of like him to. People be like, oh, he, he went out doing what he loved. He didn't stop to the last day. There you go. Yeah, I don't see why not. You know, I mean, life is a gift. And as long as, I think as long as the mind keeps going, the body can go too. Because as you know, you as a runner and as a, as a martial arts uh, athlete, you know that sometimes you just need to put your heart. I want to say most of the time. Sometimes your, your physical body is completely gone but then there is something inside your heart that tells you no you can't you can't just quit right now you need to continue and and you just keep going you know my grandma is a hundred years of age um and she's my my example she's the person i want to be a <laughs> hundred of course i'll be running so I hope. <laughs> so I hope I get some of her genes so I can continue running. Like you were just telling me about this doctor, 90 years of age, you know. I mean, you you get to, to, to know that the most inspirational people in any kinds of sports and in the running community, we have so many runners that are pretty, you know, are, I don't want to say all because for me, like I mentioned before, age is just a number, you know. Um, but some people that are over 70, 80, and they're still running, you know, in good condition. Good yes. condition. Yes. Uh, I can't remember her name. I think it was Harriet. She Harriet, she, yeah. I got to meet her a couple times in San Diego. She got mm-hmm. really kind of famous for uh, being like an older mm-hmm. a grammar runner, and she would do the half marathons. And uh, I love people like that, and, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on. You know, Thank you. Anyone that you know, comes from a country that was at civil war and, you know, being made fun of because you want to run and it's not popular and it's not really a woman thing. And then, you know, you come over here and we didn't even really touch on the fact that, you know, English is your second language and you have to learn it and you have to kind of keep pushing through that as well. And then, you know, having to learn to adjust, just being a mom is difficult, but then uh, with, with your, uh, children's autism, then I don't know. I, I feel as a parent, like it's hard to have patience just for your regular <laughs> kids. So yeah. I, I just feel your patience is so like, every time I see you, it's like, you're always so patient, so nice. And, and uh, Thank you. It, it's great to see and know people like that. And I wanted uh, for other people to hear it. And hopefully somewhere, someone out there will hear this and maybe we'll keep going when they, when they thought they couldn't. And, uh, it's always good to know, hey, there's other people that did it, and how do they do it? Exactly. Thank you so much. Those are very uh, very uh, kind words from you. Um, again, you know, I think uh, when when you run, when you become a runner, and you know what they tell you when, you when you do your first marathon, if you can run a marathon, you can do anything, right? And that's pretty much what empowers. Uh, that's what really boost the energy and give us the power to 
to think, okay, you know, I can do this. And, you know, I mean, it's not like if you wake up today and say, well, you know, tomorrow is the LA Marathon. I'm going to run it. No, you have to be consistent with your training, not only physical, but mentally. So I think, you know, having the patience to wait. Back in the days, you know, uh, when I began doing the LA Marathon, back in the, I think it was 1980. Actually, on my bio, I said that 1991 was my first LA Marathon, but it was not. I made a mistake. It was back in, gosh, I forgot, um, back in the 80s. I, You know, we didn't have social media, so I didn't know about any other races. The only one that I knew was the LA Marathon, and that is because I used to work at the at this office at the Superior Court, and they were selected to be a charity for the LA Marathon. And I said, you know what? I'm going to run the LA Marathon. And they didn't believe. They didn't believe me I was going to do it. Um, the people that, that work right there. And um, that was the first time I did a fundraising for for the LA Marathon and my first LA Marathon. But that was the reason why I knew about the LA Marathon. You know, I came to this country. I continued running because it was part of my life. But I never got into any races because I didn't know anybody. Uh, they're running my family or my friends. Plus, you know, I'm learning a new culture, a new everything. But when I ran the LA Marathon the first time, I'm thinking, you know what? I can wait for the next year. And uh, I had to wait a whole year for the next LA Marathon because we didn't know about any other races. Now, you know, with the social media, there are so many races. You you wish to clone yourself to do <laughs> many races in one day, you know. But... um. So that's how you learn how to be patient, you know. You so need to wait. You signed, when you signed up, did, did you have any idea of how long 26 miles what you were actually signing up for? Because a lot of people are like, yeah, it's going to be fun, and their friends do. And then, and then you're like, wait a minute. Because I, I had no idea what 26 miles was before I ran it. I had no clue. Well, I actually had the opportunity to run my first marathon in El Salvador. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, that was kind of challenging uh, because my country is so tiny, you know. Um, so I had that experience, and I remember that day it rained also, but it was a tropical kind of rain, so it was nice. But um, in my head, I didn't think it was that long, you know. But running L.A. was a different story because you go from back then, you know, we began at the Coliseum, and then we went from there to... Uh, to downtown LA, from downtown LA to Hollywood, from Hollywood to Wiltshire District, and then from the Wiltshire District to um, somewhere back to Parvillae to go back to the Coliseum. So it was a long, long way, you know. And now, you know, when we do this, um, the last uh, marathons, you know, going from Dodger Stadium to, to, uh, to Santa Monica Pier, you know, you go from one side to the other. It's, it is a long way. It is, and, and and now I'm curious since you mentioned you ran a marathon in Salvador, especially back back in that time. How how was the support? Did, was there people supporting you along the way, or, or even like people giving water or anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah, we had all that. Um, it was very poor, you know. It was very poorly attended by spectators, um, but by then there was some kind of support, you know, because um, by then we had already started running for three years. So our organization was already open for three years. So um, it was poorly attended, but there was some kind of support. You know. 
No, that that that's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fascinated actually that you know there's races like that because even now, like uh, I guess to try and get tourism in Mexico, I get free races as long as you're United States citizen. You can do a bunch of races over there for free. Uh, but I'm 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 always thinking, well, what about the water? What about the support? <laughs> You know, because yeah. if I went there, I'd have to run with my own back hydration bag because I don't think I could drink the water over there. <laughs> well, you're I, in a different country, so of course you're gonna take care. Of, you're gonna take safety uh, steps, you know. Yes, uh, that's one thing I, I want to do. So technically, you you've ran a marathon in more than one country. Uh, you know, technically, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's something I, I would love to do. And uh, thank you. Do you have uh, any website or I know you're raising charity, anything you want like to promote specifically right now? Uh, well, right now, you know, since everything is pretty much frozen, um, I don't. But um, very sadly, too, um, I was looking forward to run for the uh, Train for Autism again at the LA Marathon. But it looks like the charities uh, are no longer available. Oh, no. So, I just need to look into something else because once again, when I get back to the community, I want to get back to something I know is, is legit, you know, and something that will make a difference in the community. Okay. Well, this uh, show is exclusive uh, live on Fireside. And so maybe in a, it'll probably be out on podcast, like in three to four weeks. So by then, if you know, let me know and I'll add it to the episode. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, let me go ahead and uh, just, if there's nothing else you wanted to add, I'll go ahead and close off. I wanted to thank you very much for being my guest, Louisa, and joining me. Uh, and thank you. Just sharing more of your story with me. And I wanted to thank everybody who has uh, been hopping in and out and everyone who's listened in, uh, in the audience and around the world. This is uh, your coach, Ray Z, which is your host of Athletic Definition. And I lost track of how many episodes it is because I'm just having so much fun. And <laughs> I think it's great. Like, I've met so many cool people like Louisa that I finally get to uh, spotlight and bring onto a platform. So I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I hope to have you on here in the future. And, and you can find me. Oh, tomorrow I have uh, two shows. I usually don't do two shows, but um, I have a guest I've been trying to get for like a month and a half. So at 5 p.m. I have Rebecca, who's a a wellness uh, competitor. And then I have after that, uh, the native runner, which is a native American to United States. And he's a pro runner. And, you know, I've, I've never met one before like that. So I, wow. I'm so interested. And then when you read his bio, it, it's impressive. So I can't wait to, uh, his name's Dylan. I can't wait to uh, do a deep dive with him as well. So please be sure to join and, and welcome to Fireside, Louisa. You're more than welcome to hop in anytime Thank and join the conversation. Thank you, Ray, for having me. It was really great. I can't wait to come back to your show again. Thank you. And uh, 